Hey, hello, and welcome to the PlayStation Report, episode 322. I'm Frank, and back from his delightful vacation, as I've seen through some pictures via Instagram, Tyler, how you doing? I am alright. I'm doing good. Good, good. How about you? You know, I'm not drinking as probably high quality alcohol as you probably drank. <laughs> I have not lis- I have not uh, visited such uh record stores as you have I've, mm-hmm. as I've seen. Where did where did you go? Like I I'm curious. Like if you don't want to say, you don't want to say. No. Where'd you go? We went we went to Finger Lakes basically in New York. Um stayed uh near Seneca Lake. So there's five of them. Uh, so, so I think Seneca is the most popular one. Um, and yeah, just went to various various places. Uh, one day we went to Corning, New York. They have a really cool like glass museum there, which basically everything in it's made of glass. The art is just stunning in that place. The building itself is really cool. Uh, that was cool. And then the the town's just a nice. Nice, peaceful town. Um, lots of good food there. Um, went to a brewery called Liquid Shoes. I like that How name. How was that? It was, it was fine. The beers were good. The music, I, I couldn't get behind the music. I'm oh, what were they playing? What, I'm right. not a country fan. I'm uh, okay. sorry. Right, I can't right. do no, it. No, 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 no. You're forgiven for that. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll forgive you for that. Yeah. It was just weird. I don't know. I, I, haven't, I don't know if I've ever really been in a brewery that played country music. Um, so yeah, we went there, we went to, uh, Geneva, we went to Watkins Glen for a little while. You went to Watkins Glen? Yeah. Didn't, didn't see the track, but, uh, it is a cool, cool town. Um, a little bit smaller than, than I thought, but still, uh, like all the crosswalks in the town are, uh, like checkered flags. Um, and then they have, uh, some kind of signs and almost like a little walk with like different names of different drivers that have like won at Watkins Glen uh in the sidewalk. So that was that was really cool to see. Um what else do we do? But up there, dude, oh my god, it is just it is overwhelming how many uh wineries and breweries there are up there. We we took one of our days to go to a bunch of them, like all one day. And we probably spent almost all day at just four within like a mile of each other. Wow. And, and the amount that we passed on the way there and the amount that we're still like beyond where we were, it's it's just crazy. I mean, it's just literally one after another after another. And we kept saying like, I just don't understand how they don't cannibalize each other, like how they're all still in business. Um, it's just crazy. I don't know why. Why that area has so many wineries, but holy smokes. Um, so yeah, some, some good wines up there. If you're a wine drinker, that's a place to go. You know, I am, so I might, I might, yeah. have, to, I might have to do a road trip one of these days. <laughs> uh, yeah. You all get up there? You just drive up there? Yeah, yeah, we drove up. It was about three, uh, three hours and 45 minutes-ish. Okay. I could do that. Yeah, wasn't bad. Um yeah, it it, it kind of was weird, because when I think of New York, I think of, obviously, New York City, things like that. 
Um, but the Finger Lakes, it, it almost felt like being back at home, like where we grew up. Yeah. Uh, just super rural Amish. I was like, this is weird. Like, I, I barely see Amish anymore, like, since I moved out up more towards the city. And so, like, it, it's very rural up there. And uh, it, there's nothing wrong with that. It was, it was, you know, very pretty at times, uh, peaceful. Um, so, yeah. 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 It was, it was cool. We saw, so the place we were staying at was literally like a five minute walk from the lake. And we walked down there one day and saw a live otter swimming around. I never saw a live otter before. That's fucking sick. That was pretty cool. It was, dude, it was totally sick. I was so excited. He was just cruising. And then he just disappeared like into a rock. Like I have no idea where he went, but cool. (laughs) Yeah, it it was a good time. Yeah, that's not, that sounds like a very, very relaxing vacation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in the, in the CD store, that, that was in Corning. It's called the CD Cafe. Yeah. Oh, completely overwhelming, that place. Um, just in terms of CDs, finals, cassettes, Blu-rays, DVDs, video games even. I mean, this guy that runs this shop, super nice guy. He literally has stuff stacked from the very bottom on the on the floor all the way up to his fucking ceiling. Like the whole place is full, and it's like so overwhelming to be in there because you're kind of uh, constrained, like where you can move because there's so much stuff. But man, lots of really cool stuff in there. That's a really cool place. So, yeah. yeah. How how'd you find that place? Did you did someone like? tip you off to it or is it famous or something around that area um, or what? we we knew we wanted to go to corning uh especially to see the museum um and so yeah we just looked up like things to do in corning new york and that was one that came up and you know where you know we like movies we like music so figured we'd check it out cool. awesome yeah yeah ah. what you been up to dude just working yeah. I mean, yeah, just working, but like, I mean, I'm I'm towards the tail end of my of my big break here, uh, before I go in for for more work. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've I've actually outside of video games, not much. I've been watching some of the the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of good playoff basketball. Lots of uh, oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's always like this in the playoffs, but like playoff ba- NBA basketball is like some of the most entertaining stuff out there. Yeah, especially oh, I agree. If, especially if you get a TNT broadcast and you get you get Shaq, Charles, <laughs> Ernie. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh definitely. my god, those guys. Yeah, yeah. This um, Golden State Warriors Memphis Grizzlies series is like super intense. Yeah, but very entertaining. I mean that that foul the other night was fucked. Yeah, I'm like, Ooh. dude, like, <laughs> uh, you realize you're only like three minutes of the game, and that layup means nothing. Uh, right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I just also just love watching uh, John Morant play. Like that dude, he's just so good. He's unstoppable. You know, it's fun, it's fun to watch. The fun, the funniest thing to me watching these playoffs 
is Al Horford, obviously Ooh. being the oldest person out there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and still being able to uh, shut down Giannis. Right. Like, it, that. that's just amazing to me that he's still at that level. At, at, I think he's like 34 or 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, who's playing? Who's playing tonight? Uh, I know there, it's I know it's the Bucks and Celtics, and then uh, it's uh, what's the other game? It's... Oh shit! Yeah, I don't know if there is any tonight actually. Oh yeah, you, actually, yeah, we we might not. Yeah, they might be traveling today. Yeah. 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 Okay. Heat. Yeah. Heat. Heat. Sixers. Suns. Mavs. Tomorrow. I feel bad for the Sixers with uh, Joel Embiid. Because <laughs> yeah. this I mean, year was like, comes it could have potentially, be... yeah. He's right. not going to yeah, be 100%. He's... Right, absolutely. And it could have potentially been like maybe the Sixers year because he was just playing so good. And... Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, man. <sighs> but video games, Tyler... Yes. I, I, I did some racing. I did some official, well, I'm not sure how official, because these are test seasons at the start of Gran Turismo 7 in their sport mode. But I did the Manufacturer's Cup, test season three. Ooh. Tyler, I, I've saved my results here. Um, where do you think I rank? In Pennsylvania, um. the United States, and North America. <laughs> mm, in the top 10,000? No, you, all right, so in in each or, of them, in each of them. Like there's there's a ranking for Pennsylvania, oh, there's a ranking for the United okay. States, there's a ranking for North America. Okay. Um I want to say in the PA here in the top at least 2,000. Am I right? Wrong. Okay, you, you're really not giving me any credit here, but okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm. Pro- I feel like I'm probably way off. Um, North America top five thousand, maybe. Okay. And you said worldwide? No, in the United States, it's in the middle. Oh. There. Okay. In the United States. Yeah. Top. Top four thousand. I don't know. Tyler, in what, North America, I was 966th. Oh, damn. In the United States, I was 19th. And number what? one in Pennsylvania, this guy. What? Okay. Number All right. one in Pennsylvania, this guy. That is fucking awesome. I just thought Gran Turismo being super popular, there would just be a lot a lot of people playing it. But no, that's fucking sick, dude. Nice. Yes. <laughs> To be honest, I don't know how much participation there was. I, I haven't right. looked that deep into it, but, you know, I'm happy with that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So what what was this whole series? Like, just a bunch was, of races, basically? Yeah, it was it was a three-round uh, Manufacturer's Cup. I went with Honda. I was driving the NSX. NSX. Uh, there were Group 4 and Group 3 races. Um. 
they did a wet spa race for the group three race, and I was super oh. like that super pissed me off <laughs> <laughs> because I had like I had the one lap pace to be able to really fucking compete, but like it it didn't matter. Like so for each of the rounds, like there are different times time slots that you can race in, and it'll take your highest scoring of of <clears> the of, for that round. But every single time I had like an off or some or spin or something happen, and uh, it was just yeah, I was just pushing too hard. I was just pushing too hard. But in the like, I th- in the first like in round one, I went from like seventh to or no, I went from ninth to fifth. Um, in round two, I was like, I qualified. <laughs> I qualified fifth and and uh ended in tenth because oh. of how much I fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that round it it counts your top two scoring rounds. So the the round on spa didn't count. Uh round three was on Trial Mountain. And I, I love me Trial Mountain. That's group four race. And uh I went from I went from seventh to third. Nice. I could have won that race if I got my yeah. strategy right, but how long are the races? Um, typically, typically around like half an hour to forty-five minutes. Okay. But yeah, had Not some bad. had some really good racing in there, like the people racing super fair, and you know, it was it was good stuff. But yeah, I'm 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 really enjoying Gran Turismo. I I cannot compete this weekend, however, in the Nations Cup, Tyler. I'm gonna need you to go out there and represent America this this weekend. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. <laughs> well, I, I we'll see. I I have, did play some Gran Turismo Seven. Um, I am working on my super license. Okay, tell me how that's going. <laughs> it's going. Okay, but I know it can be better. So I only did the first seven, and I have at least silver on all of them. A few of them, I'm super fucking close to gold to the point where it's annoying me. One of them, I have gold right now, and I actually beat your time. Okay. The all one right. on Monza. All right, well, then I'm, I'm going to go forget. back to that and yeah, fuck you over. Yeah, I'm... I'm sure you can kick my ass pretty quick, but I think I'm I'm up four or five tenths maybe on you. Um, which, huh. to be totally honest with you, shocked the shit out of me because I was going through that lap and I'm like, eh, this lap's okay. I know I can do better. And then I was like, oh, okay. All right. I'll take it. Um, the one, though, that is pissing me the fuck off, and I love it, but it's pissing me off because I personally just keep fucking up is the seventh one at Laguna uh, Laguna Seca oh yeah with the uh, super formula car oh I love that that oh my mm. god dude this car is so much fun to drive it just sticks to the track it is fucking sick my problem is is I I I probably did this thing like 25 times and every time I would fuck up in, in at least one corner like, I would go through three quarters of that lap and be like, this is the fucking lap. And you know when you set a time and you try again, like, you can basically yep. race against your ghost. 
I'm like blowing my ghost out of the water. And then I fuck up one corner and my ghost is like right on my ass. And really, I only improved like one or two tenths. And I'm like, God damn it. Uh, so that one's haunting me because I know I can get gold. Uh, but I just I just keep fucking up. And that's that's what's fun about these super license things. It's like there is no room for error. And if you want gold... You have to just nail it. Every corner, every aspect, um, every single, every breaking zone, you have to really attack but not do it too bad because then you're really going to compromise your exits and screw your speed down the straights. Like, it's it's so much fun. Um, so, right now I'm at least going for silver and everything, but I know I can get gold in, in a number of these, so mm-hmm. I still want to go back. Um, and do a lot of them, but man, I'm having a great time with that. I mean, I can just spend hours just doing this. Oh, yeah. You see, <laughs> it's th- so that's much fun. A, that's the thing I've been doing while watching uh, NBA playoffs. I've been doing the track experiences. Mm, um, yeah. So, like, commercial break, I'll go and do a sector in the track experience and see if I can improve my time, and then, I, mm-hmm. then I'll come back. So, yeah, like, I, I've been doing those. I, I'm working on the Willow Springs stuff right now. Um, okay but yeah that's like so it's so good like i i really like the driving the driving model feels really good in gt7 yeah it honestly really does man like when you nail something it's it's awesome and and when you uh the the game's just really good at giving you that feedback i feel and um you really even on a controller on the dual sense like i really feel the car more than probably any other racing game. Like you, you just know when, when you're on the edge, when you can get to the back to the throttle, when you feel the car just like stick through the fucking corner, and like mm. you're like yes, or when you, you know, obviously when you take it too deep, you know that pretty quick. Yeah, um, yeah the game's just it's really great at at the racing and the feeling of it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh... Eventually, you know, competing in future events in Gran Turismo 7 because I want to see, like, if I can keep up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I, once I get my super licensed stuff done, uh, I definitely want to start doing, like, multiplayer and stuff because I haven't done any of that yet. Yeah, I, uh, yeah and I just kind of want to see where I'm at, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else you've been playing? I know you just got back from vacation, so you probably didn't play anything while you were on vacation, but, you know. No, I, so I did some of that when I, the, basically the day we got back, um, we got back at a decent time, and I'm like, you know, I just need to fucking play some video games. Um, because mm. by the time we got back, it was like over a week since I played anything, and I'm like, dude, I just had, just have a fucking itch, so I mm. did some Grand Turismo. Uh, the only other thing I did was, um... Knocked out some more Horizon Forbidden West, uh, main story stuff. I am getting to the end game now um, with that game. So I don't know if I'll have it done by the next show, but probably the one after that. I'll, I should definitely have the game done. So nothing to really add there. Just enjoying my time with the game. You know, I guess the one thing I will say, because I was thinking about this the other night, I'm like 35 hours into this game right now. Oh, and you know, I I think about games of this type, 
and games I played recently, like, say, Far Cry 6, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I just got so fucking tired of those games by the end of it. By, especially Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I put so many hours into. I was just like, this just keeps going, and it feels like it's wasting my time. And I'm... I know I probably am going to be 50 hours into this game probably by the end of it, and I don't feel that at all. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's because the story's interesting to me. The gameplay's just super good. The world's fun uh, to explore. The side quests are really well done. You know, there's just a lot of a lot of interesting things going on in this game compared to other games. I just don't feel that fatigue with it mm-hmm. like I have with other overall games I played recently. So, yeah, I mean, the other open world game, game that we're going to talk about here, of course, is Elden Ring. So I don't want to, I don't want yeah. to step on Horizon, but go for uh, it. <laughs> I've been, I've been playing Elden Ring for ninety four hours. Wow. And uh, I'm. So you know the new PlayStation feature that tells you like there are certain objectives and it tells you how close you are to ob- obtaining them and all that yes. stuff. Yep. It's telling me that I'm about fifty percent through Elden Ring. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. I'm not sure how true that is, or if, like that's just a matter of hey, I might have missed a few things that like it's expecting me to have on my trophy list. I don't know exactly how any of that works. Right. Um. But I'm having a shit ton of fun at Elden Ring, man. <laughs> I'm, like, level 105 now. I'm finally, like, you know, doing the smart thing in power stancing, which is uh, when you use two of the same weapon type. I have two great spears now. I have the tree spear, which has been my trusty companion, and now I have uh, Vike's uh, war spear, which does fire damage and causes the status madness. Uh, which uh, is useful for the areas that I'm in. Um, and yeah, like the the attack combos when you're power stancing are really fucking cool. Uh, yeah, just... I blew through a lot of bosses, Tyler. I killed... Sweet. I killed uh, Rykard, Praetor Rykard. I beat... Uh, let's see, who was the other one? Um... I beat Morgoth. Uh, I beat, uh, oh man, Astol, Firstborn of the Void. There's just, yeah, like the list goes, I, I fucking hammered through a ton of fucking bosses. <laughs> and it's, it's just felt so good. It's felt so good. None of the bosses have taken me more than like three or four tries too, which is the thing that surprised me. It's like, wow, uh, Maybe I'm over-leveled now. <laughs> Maybe I should be further in the game. But you know what? I am enjoying kicking everyone's ass. So yeah. uh, I'm just going to keep doing that. It seems like that's, you know, that that's the point of that game is to just kind of take your time, explore, see stuff. Yeah. You know, there's no rush with it. I put a ring on Ronnie the Witch. <laughs> My Witch Queen. We're going we're gonna to bring about the Age of Stars, baby. Oh. You know, after I burn down the air tree. <laughs> um, because that's the thing that I think I have to do. I think I have to burn down the air tree. 
But that see, see, that seems so cool to me because you're saying you think you have to do that, but the game's not telling you that, right? Yeah. Like that, like just that exploration, that experimentation, and all that just you know, seems very, very cool. I met Shribari, the 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 guy who's all about chaos. He wants me to bring the world into chaos. It's all, yeah. I'm seeing the paths laid before me, and I'm like, yeah, this game's really fucking good. This game's <laughs> real good. But right now, the next thing that I'm doing, I'm in the sewers beneath the capital city. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go meet this, uh, this dung eater guy. I'm gonna meet the oh. dung eater. I think oh. I'm gonna kill the dung eater. <laughs> he is. The loathsome dung eater. So yeah, I mean, when you have that name, y- you gotta go. Yeah, and I've talked to him. He's really fucking rude. I don't <laughs> like him. He's an asshole. <laughs> um. So yeah, just uh, man, Elden Ring is so fucking good. I've had so many fucking awesome moments with this game. It's just, it is fantastic. Like there's. So many different art directions this goes in, and it fucking nails it every time. It switches it up. It's it's great. I had a boss fight where basically... It was basically, uh, they turned me into Daredevil for this boss fight. Oh. I, I couldn't see much. Everything was blacked out. I could only, like, kind of see the, uh, see the, these bosses when they were close to me. It was a two-boss fight. Oh gosh, that's, that seems crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was so good. Uh, you need to play Elden Ring. Probably. <laughs> Ye tarnished. Seek the Elden Ring and become Elden Lord! But before you do that, we have to get to this podcast. And that includes getting through the news, um, of which there is plenty... Of which there are probably, I mean, I didn't put them in. There are corrections to the things we said last week. I mean, obviously, shit, we said some shit that turned out to be wrong. Um, I did record a little thing at, at the top of the show just to address some of the things that we we definitely got wrong. To include, you know, the fact that PlayStation is has is creating a team to help create those demos that are going to be required. Oh, okay. Well, that's good um, to know. So, yeah. A lot of our yeah. speculation on about, about workloads for that are just completely out the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I mean, it's good. Yeah. That's I good. mean, it's good and, news. Uh, we were incredibly wrong. <laughs> yeah, but it's good to be corrected. Yes. On that, so. Um, but, yeah. I mean, first off here, um, we've known for a long time that uh, E3 is not happening this year. And we've known that... Jeff Keighley is going to do his Summer Game Fest. Now we know when Jeff Keighley is doing his Summer Game Fest. And that is going to start on June 9th. And you are allegedly going to be able to watch this in IMAX. I don't... Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll just stay home and watch a free stream. (laughs) Yeah, I probably will too. I remember back in the days of E3, which is crazy to say, um, Sony would do some of that, like 
you could watch their conference in movie theaters. Yeah. Certain ones, but yeah, no, I mean, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, Jeff's shows usually have some pretty solid production, especially over the past few years. So I'm sure that would look good on an IMAX screen, but yeah, I'm uh, very curious about this because this show last year was actually pretty good. Um, obviously ending with the Elden Ring kind of re-reveal, giving a date, big trailer, like that was really hype, uh, really good moment. So, and we're kind of in this weird period where there's not a lot of announcements, not a lot of games coming the rest of this year. So I think we're bound to see some pretty cool stuff in this show. And uh, also a, a Microsoft show that also got announced. Um, yeah. I think it's June 12th, so... We're going to get a lot of announcements here soon. I'm, I'm really curious about what yeah. we're going to get. Yeah, about a month away. Then we'll start seeing what the rest of the year looks like. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we already know the name of the best-selling game of the year because it's always uh, Call of Duty. Um, they're going to make it Modern Warfare 2. It's, it's official. It's Modern Warfare 2. Um, their logo is bad for it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a broken Nine Inch Nails logo. That's what that's what yeah. they did for Modern Warfare 2 here. Basically, um, yeah. It also looks like an energy drink logo. It's, yeah, it's Modern Warfare 2. Another <laughs> Modern Warfare 2. Modern yeah, Warfare uh, 2 2022. <laughs> I just, I can't believe the naming convention of these games. Like, We've gotten so many Call of Duty games that they are now starting over with franchises they already had. Like, when are we going to get Call of Duty Black Ops again? I mean, that's just bound to happen mm. at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say with this, but at least they're totally confirming it. And uh, I'm very curious to see what this game's all about. And, I don't know, kind of interested in That last game was very, very good. So... Yeah. I imagine we'll be hearing about this one soon. I mean, they usually like to have their own announcements and then also piggyback off these other conferences. So, you know, I imagine we'll be seeing it at Summer Game Fest or maybe even at Microsoft show since they're about to own this shit soon. Yeah, I maybe. mean, I uh, so. I almost anticipated being on Microsoft show. Yeah, right. But it's May. They usually announce, announce it in May, so... Bound yeah. to get a full reveal here any day, honestly. Yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, you'll probably already know more than we do about Call, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Potentially. I saw that um, Activision blamed Vanguard sales on the World War II setting. And I'm yeah, like, sure, that makes sense. Whatever. It, it, it does make sense, but I'm like, there's other factors to it, too. Like, the game... First of all, the company's a train wreck, but then... Uh, the game just didn't seem exciting. It's not like, you know, no one was super jazzed about World War II, but it's not like the game had cool new modes or whatever in it that would have drawn people in regardless of the setting. Um, it just seemed like another fucking Call of Duty game in World War II, so... Tyler, I don't want to paint with a broad brush here because I know for a fact that not everyone is like this. But I think the problem with Call of Duty Vanguard, B, 
being World War II is that uh, there's too many Call of Duty players who don't want to kill Nazis. Maybe. <laughs> you never know. You never know. That That's a joke. I understand that's a joke, everybody out there. But, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you look at America right now and you wonder. <laughs> you do sometimes, honestly. Um, so. But, yeah, Modern Warfare 2. All right. Yeah. And we're also, was it this year or next year that we're supposed to get like a Warzone 2? I think two? it's this year. I yeah. think they're so supposed to also do. Yeah. Right, I'm curious how they, they're going to do that and modernize that a little bit. They're also going to make so. the mistake of attaching it to the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 launcher again. Like yeah, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope not. I would really like to just be able to download Warzone separately. And that's what's fucking stupid. Like, I don't think I can really launch Warzone without putting the Modern Warfare disc in, which is just a total pain in the ass because that game's huge. Yeah. So, yeah, if I can decouple them, I want to do that. Yeah. All right. Another hit first-person shooter franchise. Crisis. Uh, they're doing Crisis 4, and now the Crytek has hired the uh, Hitman 3 director, Matthias Engstrom, um, to uh, help direct Yeah, Crisis 4, which we have no idea when it's going to come out. Ever. Like, they said Crisis 4. I don't believe Crisis 4 until, you know, it's out. Because, you know, yeah. it's been they, a long time since Crisis 3. It has, and they literally just recently announced this and said, hey, we're making this, and that's pretty much it. So, very clearly hiring for this game. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about this move because Hitman and Crisis are very different things. Yeah. So, yeah, wanting to do something different, I guess, but I'm eager to see see that stuff because obviously Hitman 3 is very good yeah a lot of good talent over there so yeah on the subject of Hitman 3 uh their freelancer mode which was going to be their uh I want to say what procedurally generated or yeah 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 the procedurally generated mode is not going to be uh coming out until the second half of 2022. Um, I'm still excited for that. I think the idea of a procedurally generated Hitman level, or just Hitman objectives, rather, like, I'm not sure if the levels themselves will be procedural, but the objectives definitely will be. Um, right. Yeah, I'm just curious what that looks like, because, like, it, it seems like what what has made Hitman good for the past three iterations is just the design of those levels and like the handcraftedness of of how these systems interact. I'm just curious how that works in a procedurally generated kind of idea. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and it kind of make it a sort of a broke like sort of adding those aspects in Hitman. I actually think that's like a very good idea. And. Yeah, just just the nature of what procedural generation brings of like you literally 
do not know what's around the corner. I think just fits with Hitman so well. Um, just forcing you to get really creative on the fly. Why not? There's also a new map coming in July, Ambrose Island. Yeah. So I need very to reinstall cool. Hitman three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Tyler. This is the most devastating news. Um, we were kind of expecting this because they've been quiet on it. Um, but their PlayStation's cat game, Stray, is, was supposed to be coming out this spring. But, you know, it's it's getting pretty late in spring. Turns out it's coming out in the summer now. I just hope it stays within this year because I want to play this game where we're a cat wandering around a city of robots. Yes. Me too. I I just want to know more about it. I mean, the game <laughs> seems very, very interesting every time we see it, and I I really want to play it. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm down, but uh, kind of makes sense. They've been a little quiet on it for for a while, so yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It, it, it it'll be a good summer game because there just doesn't seem to be a ton of stuff coming out and this game just kind of seems kind of perfect check out yeah. i hope it's good i also hope the AEW wrestling game is good they've officially received a their, their title AEW fight forever um they revealed two more uh characters from the roster coming in Women's wrestlers Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose are going to be in this game. Um, seems like they're really slow rolling out the characters that are confirmed in here. Uh, because AEW does have a pretty large roster. They've only confirmed like 10 wrestlers so far. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I hope for their sake calling this AEW fight forever means that, hey, they're not going to try to make a yearly wrestling game like the fucking 2K. Yeah. That... Yeah. WWE 2K games are just mired in... <laughs> like, they, they have to ship a game every year. What, what do they do? <laughs> and it's not like it's not like those games pull in the same the same numbers as, you know, a traditional sports game might. Uh, so, yeah, I just... I, I have a lot of hopes for the AEW wrestling game. I hope they don't try to go for, like, pure simulation. I hope they l allow it to get goofy. I hope that they, you know, take their time and, you know, maybe only release one every three or four years. But, you know, it's... It's exciting to see that, hey, there's going to be a competing wrestling game for the competing uh, wrestling promotion. Yeah, and I think doing it like, you know, maybe more of a platform, more live service potentially, and not putting out a yearly release, but having constant content drops um, is smart, in my opinion, because it's just good kind of... It's a good counterplay to WWE and what they're doing. And um, with AEW just not being as popular as WWE, I think it just makes sense to do that. Like, why not try something different? Um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing that Konami's doing with their football title. You know, 
even though it might not be as good, you know, at least they're trying something different. They're like kind of saying, fuck it, you know, this isn't working. Let's do something different. So to me, it makes sense if, if they did that, but I guess we'll see. Is this game still coming out this year? I think it is. Wow. I think it is. What What do you think about these little gameplay clips? Like, do you think the game looks fun? Good? Is it what you're looking for? See, I don't know. Like, that's kind of hard to tell without a controller in my hand. Yeah. Because wrestling games are like, they, they could go a number of different ways, and it's kind of hard to tell just by watching someone play it. Right. All right, Tyler. Yeah. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time remake. It's going back to Ubisoft Montreal, uh, back where Prince of Persia started. It's uh, I don't, I don't know that this is worth their time, but you know, if Ubisoft, like, I don't get it at this point. Like, if you're resorting to the point where, hey, we're gonna. Like, instead of, like, having some of our smaller studios do this, we're going to bring it to our Montreal studio to do. Like, I feel like at that point, you kind of kind of miss the point of, you know, having this as a side project. This seems like a main project now. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, I just... Ubisoft Montreal is one of their main studios, and maybe they, you know, they obviously have a lot of horsepower there to where they can... Uh, do something with this and what I'm curious about is you know this game had a release date did not look good they delayed it and said hey it's coming out whenever uh, and that was a while ago like over a year ago and so I'm just curious about like has the Ubisoft Mumbai and Ubisoft Pune is that, is that how you say that I apologize but uh, the the teams that were making this game have they not made enough progress towards what this game should be uh, to the point where Ubisoft was just like you know what let's just give it to Montreal they've done this before maybe they can just hammer this thing out get it across the finish line so I'm just kind of curious of like what the state of that game is right now because what we saw last was not good at all and. This is, a, this is a, I, I think even though it is a remake, it's, a, it's an important one because this game is so uh, beloved and important to Ubisoft and kind of their history. Um, so I think it's, it's important to get right. And yeah. if, you know, if this, is this, if this is what it takes, then it's what it takes. Yeah, It's I was unfortunate, always, like, but yeah. I always wondered why they didn't just roll Prince of, like... How how was Prince of Persia and Assassin's Creed not linked at all? Yeah, I know, right? Like that that's one of my major questions. Like what what are they thinking? Um Right. Well I guess what they were thinking was, hey, we're creating a new IP. Uh but you know sometimes you don't need to do that. What if all the Assassin's Creed games were just Prince of Persia games? <laughs> You know, with how completely nonsense the Assassin's Creed story can be sometimes, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If they did something like that. Um, yeah. All right. It, 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 it is kind of unfortunate, though, that it is being moved to Ubisoft Montreal. I mean, we get a lot of games from them, so it would have been cool to see 
a smaller, different Ubisoft team get to put out a game. But, you know, if they're not performing how they need to perform, then, you know, it's got to go elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, time for, uh, you know, from one potentially uh, acquirable um, publisher to another potentially acquirable publisher. Let's talk about Square Enix here real quick. Um, we've got a number of stories to get through here. Uh, the biggest of all um, being that they have sold their, their Western Studios. They've sold Eidos Montreal. They've sold Crystal Dynamics. They've, they've, they've sold Square Enix Montreal. They've sold... They sold all those IPs. They've sold Tomb Raider. They sold Deus Ex and Thief to the Embracer Group. All of this packaged for three hundred million dollars. They've been embraced, which leaves Square Enix looking a little bit thin. Oh yeah, Square Enix looking looking attractive for an acquisition. Um. But before we get to what that might mean, uh, Square Enix still has a few other things here. Uh, they've got um, Naoki Yoshida coming out here talking about Final Fantasy 16. They're saying it's nearing the end of development, whatever that means. What does nearing the end of development mean for a Square Enix game? Who could say? Yeah. But this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess if we're being fair. This isn't a Nomura game, so... Right. It could be close to the end. Yes. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, we got sales numbers from uh, Marvel's Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, we've, we've got numbers here. Apparently they lost a lot of money on Marvel's Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. $200 million they lost Yeah, from those two games. From the Western Studios, which they've now sold. Maybe this was an influence in that. Maybe Marvel games are just too expensive. Maybe that's the thing we're learning here, is working with some of the biggest properties might be too expensive for video games. Yeah. Let's just stop here digging into this Embracer Group Square Enix Marvel thing, because... Losing $200 million is huge. And they clearly went all in on Marvels, especially Avengers, thinking that that game would be massive. But they stuck it on a team that has no experience doing live service stuff and really shoehorn live service elements into that game. Um, and it's, to me, it also could say Square Enix is bad at managing things. And budgeting things. Like, yes, a Marvel game I'm sure is expensive, but if they're just, if their budgets are sky high and they're not going to make that money back and they know that, then that's just bad management. And I think it's probably a mix of things. And losing $200 million to me is. Like, I think Marvel's Avengers is probably why this whole fucking thing is happening right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I yeah. cannot believe 
that they are selling off these IPs and these teams that have a lot of value I, for only $300 million. Let's put that into perspective a little bit. Sony just bought Bungie for $3.6 billion. Just Bungie. Yeah. That's nuts. Like, Sony bought Insomniac for $229 million. Just Insomniac. And, you know, Insomniac didn't have a ton of, like, IP that they owned. Okay, Sunset Overdrive, a few other things. That's about it. They are getting over 50 IPs and these studios for $300 million. That is fucking crazy to me. That is like the steal of this entire acquisition season. Whatever you want to call it. Like, to me, the Tomb Raider IP, I would have thought, would have been worth $300 million alone. It's huge. It's just crazy. Uh, And yeah, to go to the Embracer group, uh, they're adding 1,100 employees. I think I saw that they are up to, when this goes through, 14,000 employees in over like 120 studios. And they have like 230-something games in development. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how that's manageable. And I just wonder... When does that fall apart for a bracer and shit hits the fucking fan? Hopefully it never does because a lot of people would end up losing their jobs. But like, holy moly, it like just the sheer size of what they have is pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what Square Enix is doing with this money is maybe not encouraging. <laughs> Um, right. Because it is rumored, well, they've said that, uh, hey, they're going to explore doing blockchain shit. Ugh. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, what has made me smile in recent weeks is the collapse of the NFT marketplace and all that uh-huh. shit just tanking because that makes me smile inside knowing that, hey, you fucking suckers getting what you deserve for for this shit um but it seems like square enix isn't paying attention (laughs) no yeah but like you said too like i think them slimming down does somewhat make them attractive for a acquisition yeah yeah because now i mean it's basically just the Japanese side, um, I think they own the IP for Outriders, but they don't own People Can Fly, and they're still doing stuff with that, so there's more to come there. They, they've done some indie stuff recently to kind of have an initiative with that, but uh, yeah, it's mostly just the Japanese side, and I don't know. It makes me wonder if uh, someone's going to pull the trigger on that. That's someone being Sony. A company, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but at the same time, like Sony's already getting everything from them that they want, you know, without needing to acquire them. Yeah, um, potentially damaging to uh, Square Enix's reputation. What remains of Square Enix is a uh, story with a uh, Yuji Naka, director of Balan Wonder World. Um, he's filed a lawsuit against Square Enix. Uh, making claims uh, like 
hey, uh, he was fired like six months before release. Uh, the game was not released in the state that he wanted it to be released in. And, like, he's not happy that his name is attached to to it. Uh, because, like, he, he feels like it was extremely... Like, he knows that Balam Wonderworld was disappointing for people. <laughs> um, right. And he seems to have this idea that, hey, uh, if, if he was allowed to stick around... Um, maybe he could have turned turned the game around, but instead the game shipped, and you know, maybe maybe there was some damage to his reputation. Um, as as part of this, but yeah, it's just it's just wild. It seems like uh, this story, at least from this this side of the story, from Yuji Naka's side of the story, it seems like uh, hey, he was telling Square Enix that this game needs more time. And Square Enix was like, no, the game is going to release on schedule. Uh, we're not going to give you any more resources. In fact, you're, you're no longer working on the title. But hey, they're still going to attach his name on the marketing for that game, which seems super fucked up. Right. Yeah, I mean, if he was removed, he's saying he, he was removed... Um. By the producer, head of marketing, head of sound, managing director, and HR. <laughs> so a lot of people kind of going after him. And yeah, I, mean, I agree. Like putting his name on that when he wasn't the producer for um, for the final you know few months of that game's development. And they just shit it out. Then that's not very fair to him. Um, because I feel like when this game took came out, he took a lot of shit for it. Yeah. For it being bad, because his name's on it, and he has, uh, you know, a lot of credibility through past things he's done, and you know, that's not very fair to him uh, at all. So, also, this is just kind of a crazy story because you just never really see this with Japanese companies like going public like this. Yeah, um, they, they, you know, it's not, <laughs> they don't act like us Americans, you know. Yeah. So. That, too, like, I think really says a lot about how he feels about this whole thing if he's willing to make this public like this. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh... I I wonder what the truth is. I wonder what the people working under him, like, felt about his leadership. Like, there there are a lot of questions left unanswered mm-hmm. as, it, as of yet. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, apparently he just released a pretty decent mobile game, so who knows? Maybe right. maybe he'll just do independent development from here on out. Yeah, maybe. Square's such a confusing company, dude. Like, they do some awesome stuff, and then they just do a ton of boneheaded shit. They constantly blame their Western studios for making them lose money while, you know taking years and years and years and years and years to develop some of their Japanese titles uh, on that side of the company. Like, they're just so all over the place. This is <laughs> part of that, too. I guess the last thing, because we didn't talk about it too much, though, is uh, when do you think Final Fantasy XVI is coming out? If they're saying it's in the final stages... I'm going to say that Final Fantasy 16 will come out in March of 2023. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was going to say March, April, May. 
I don't think we'll see it this year. Um, that's when I think Final Fantasy VII Remake released in April of 2020, and that was a big success, a good time for that game. So no reason to get it out this year, I don't think. No. Square Enix has um, First Spoken at the end of the year. Yeah. So, And they've got the Final Fantasy XIV money printing machine always running. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. And in, in that Marvel's Avengers print money. Yeah. And I guess another piece of that, though, is that Disney wants Embracer to take over publishing for Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers, like, <laughs> as soon as they can, mm. too. Which makes me wonder, like, I don't know. I, I feel like Marvel's Avengers is a lost cause. And if I was Embracer, I don't, I wouldn't want to put jack shit into that. You know, no. but I don't know. What a crazy story! All of these, very shocking news, in my opinion. It could get even crazier, Tyler, because uh, Sony is hiring a corporate development director to find growth opportunities through acquisitions. It yes. really does seem like they're they're eyeing up Square Enix. It really it really feels like that. Yeah, like, I mean, there's. There's rumors that Sony's acquiring someone else this year, and it could be pretty big. And yeah, maybe it is Square. I mean, it's so. it's Square or Ubisoft. Like those are like, oh, yeah. I mean, unless unless they're going, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about Sony going after Devolver. Let Devolver be Devolver. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I, I find this whole thing interesting like part of the job listing because one thing and it's kind of changed recently because of all these acquisitions but even still a lot of the studios Sony has acquired recently have been studios they've worked a lot with Housemark is a, is a great example um, and people get on Sony and, and Microsoft well Microsoft's just buying stuff and Sony does it through Organic growth, all that stuff, which yeah has changed okay. recently. But literally in this job title, it says uh, SIE's corporate development team works closely with SIE's management team and is responsible for identifying inorganic growth opportunities through acquisitions, investments, or joint ventures. The team sources evaluates and completes transactions that are aligned with SIE's strategic priorities and drive significant long-term value for the company. So literally they're talking about inorganic growth. Yeah. In this, which you know, for everyone saying, "Oh, Sony only does it through organic growth." To, you know, kind of needs to shut their mouth there. Um but Microsoft's doing the same thing, someone to to manage this stuff. Um I wonder what acquisitions mean in that, yes, it could be a company, publisher, whatever, but I wonder, could it also be um, getting a third-party exclusive and not buying the team? Like, is that part of the responsibility for for this person? Like, just making those big deals to drive growth, basically. So I would wonder if that's part of it at all or... Who knows, but yeah, this, and, and Jim Ryan has said it, 
you know, they're they're going to keep acquiring, and this this is another piece of that where Sony's Sony's in it to win it. They're just, you know, they're just hiring a hiring a guy to go find, you know, some some potentially valuable NFTs to buy. That's that's what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. And Square Enix is cooking them up. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for your Kingdom Hearts NFTs. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the best. Uh, or perhaps the reason they're hiring someone is to maybe uh. Maybe to make some of these things go more smoothly, because it appears that the Federal Trade Commission is sticking their new sticking their nose in every big deal, every big acquisition happening. Um, they they've already been looking into uh, the um, Microsoft Activision Blizzard thing. Now they're also looking into Sony's planned acquisition of Bungie. Um, just doing a little sniffing around, making sure things are on the up and up. I don't imagine anything's going to happen in either of these cases, because they no. just—they're just—they're just justifying having a job. That—that's all they're doing right now. The FTC doesn't block mergers; it just doesn't happen. No, yeah, I agree. And this is not an a an Activision sized purchase. I mean, it's a big purchase, but it's not like this purchase also makes. Sony's market share like above and beyond any everybody else in the industry, which is the critical thing with a lot of these mergers. This is merely just is going to bump up Sony's revenue. Like that's because it's not like they're locking them down for exclusives or anything like that. Like Sony's just gonna be making money off of Bungie and that's well, pretty much it. Yeah. You know. I mean sharing technology, live service stuff, blah blah blah. We went over that, but that's Basically, what it boils down to, though. So yeah, I don't, I don't see much coming to this. No. And some things may never change, such as uh, the um, the chip shortage. There's some cynical thinking out here from uh, Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger. Uh, suggesting that chip shortage could last well into 2024, which is, oh God, two years from now. Holy <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Will we ever see the end? Will I ever be able to buy a car for a normal price? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have no idea. The, um, economy is just such a mystery to me anymore like I, I just don't know how we're spinning still it's all crazy um but yeah i mean this this is a bummer obviously these chips are important to so many things not just gaming but uh to think that we would be four years into this generation of consoles with still a shortage you know lots of scalping going on still all that stuff just blows my mind um you know i i get it but damn that just sucks yeah i mean i just wonder like what what is this gonna like what is it gonna do in the long run do we do we see anything as a result of it like is mm-hmm. will, will will these consoles still 
Like, how long are we going to be making PlayStation 4 games? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Right. Yeah, I think there's there's two sides of that. Yeah, like, how much does uh, PlayStation 4 keep being supported? And then how much, uh, or how long does this potentially extend this console cycle? And then also, how does it affect any potential mid-generation refresh PlayStation 5 Pro, whatever, a redesign of the console. Don't like, speak that into any existence, that. man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've read things how it they are working on it. It's just, yeah, it's going to be a few years. I mean, it's bound to happen. Absolutely bound to happen. But but I, I do find that that kind of a refresh is a little... Like, I don't think it's as important as it was last generation because when PS4 launched, those consoles were already so far behind modern PCs at that time to where the Pro was really necessary. Um, whereas these consoles aren't as far behind and function very, very well. Um, so I don't know how important it is to do that, but it's bound to happen. I... You know, when the PS5 Pro comes out, that, that's just when I become purely a PC gamer. That's that's just what's going to have to happen <laughs> because if they're going to like introduce upgrades like that, like mid generation, hey, I could just fucking upgrade my PC and probably get more out of it for for the same price that uh, buying a n- new console. Yeah, probably could, but hopefully, you could you'd be able to find the necessary parts for your pc to upgrade yeah yeah, (laughs) if this continues into 2024 i mean who knows ah this whole gaming thing is a real big fucking mess why did we ever make video games (laughs) i have no idea Uh, well you know i say that but then i'm probably going to just turn around and play more Elden ring (laughs) (laughs) oh man but I think that's the end of the show. I think that's all the news we have for this week. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's it's good time to uh, end it. But before we do, for quick thoughts, like see any of the updates for uh, Miami? Did you? See, I did. Yeah. Did you see the marina? What the the painted on water? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> fucking crazy. Such a oh, no, man. joke. It is, but I'm I'm I think I'm getting pretty excited for this race the closer it gets. Uh I don't know. I think that track could produce some good racing. Just w watching series the series will be televised. Yeah. So yeah, it look will. out for W series. That's that's a fun one to watch. Um Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, much definitely. I uh I mean, have you did you watch the onboard that um is on F1's website. They posted it's from F1 2022, the game. It's just an onboard with uh, Charles Leclerc's car around no, I ha- virtual, I haven't of course. Actually, I haven't actually yeah. looked at that yet. It, it's, it seems pretty cool. There's some really interesting corners. The track, I didn't know the track actually goes under one of the highways and literally comes out on the side of the off-ramp. So they have to close the off-ramp, obviously. <laughs> because it runs right into the fucking track. It's pretty pretty interesting. It looks cool. 
I also did not know, and this blows my fucking mind. The only permanent pieces of this track are the track itself and the pit facilities. All the grandstands, everything else will come down after this race is over because football, you know, eventually. Yeah. In a few months. That blew my fucking mind that all this shit is up. Because if you look at the overhead attractive grandstands everywhere and just taking them down i'm like oh my gosh there's just so much stuff it's just crazy how much is uh not permanent on this track that they'll be setting up every year yeah crazy. it seems super expensive and maybe i don't know like i'm not sure if it's going to be end up being worth it for them we'll see how long we stay in miami <laughs> yeah who knows i mean it seems expensive but so are those tickets <laughs> yeah they're gonna That's... be making their money for sure at least this year yeah all right well we're gonna leave it there as always if you need to get in contact with us you can do that a couple of different ways one way is via email email ugh, at playstation report podcast at gmail.com or via twitter at ps report podcast you can find me at the arctic sloth you can find tyler and his youtube channel at plugged on vids give us ratings reviews share us with your friends and until next week be going good to each other. To Miami. Play your video games. And. Going to Miami. Emu, umi, ami, ami. <laughs> <laughs>